When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Once upon a time, on an octor morn, a man took a shit and a movie was born. I'd hazard a guess that the man was quite horny when he wrote Halloween 3 on that morning so stormy. A fantasy film of a drunken old prick with a girl half his age on the end of his dick. So come one, come all for a wonderful fright. It's about to begin horror movie night. God, that's amazing. <laughs> One, um, I don't know what an October morn is. <laughs> October morn. But I had I had a um, uh, a deleted line from that because I had already made a joke about dicks once in it and I didn't want to double down. Do you guys want to hear what the deleted line is, though? <laughs> sure, you were going to double down on the dick, though? Yep. Um, <laughs> a movie about a group of pagan witches who all have a dick up inside of their britches. <laughs> So this one was pulled from Adam's list of movie suggestions. Uh, so let's take a couple seconds to let Adam explain why he picked uh, Halloween three season of the witch. But uh, before he says that, let's just be real. All three of us at one point or another has considered picking this movie because it is probably the most unfairly hated Halloween film. Yeah, this is really an easy answer. I ran out of ideas. <laughs> uh actually um matt cut that into a sound clip and you can just use that for the next six months <laughs> it, sometimes sometimes yeah. it's a movie i whacked it to when i was little <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's a movie you vaguely remember seeing the trailer of once. sometimes one per- my brother went to a birthday party and told me about a movie <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that one was hollow, man. Um, <laughs> so Way more rapey than this film. Actually, this is one of the one of the shining moments when we don't have a movie filled with rape. I feel like we got through most of October rape free. 
Man, if we could only have every month be that good. Yeah. Um, okay, so <laughs> I have a couple notes. This is one of those ones that I kind of just get sucked into, and I'm like, all right, I'm just enjoying the excitement of being entertained by a movie film. Uh, but Halloween 3 gets a lot of flack. The biggest issue that people seem to have with Halloween 3 is the lack of Michael Myers. Um, and I feel like that's super unfair because this movie's got so much going for it. It's got a lot of children death. It's got Tom Atkins, who uh, is slowly becoming one of our favorite people on this show. He's right there with William Sadler as Don't just like... Away. No, I mean, I like him, but he's no William Sadler. <laughs> and neither of them are even close to being Dick Miller level. So, oh no, Dick Miller is the king. But, um, I so the movie starts with like the most low impact car crash death I've ever seen. Like it's, <laughs> I love that part about this movie. It's a it's, it's a pretty <laughs> slow start to like the guy running and then you know the creepy the creepy man with like. The suits, the sort of like men in black guys that are all over this movie, just sort of like watching him run away. And then he like, yeah, like you said, very slow, very, it doesn't look terribly lethal car crash. <laughs> when you're a robot, though. It's it's like the equivalency of the dude getting run over by a steamroller in Austin yeah. Powers. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, like, I'm pretty sure most people... Probably could have survived that. I feel like the way to die in getting hit by a car really factors in on the the speed in which you're getting hit. But uh, well, you know, I, I hate to bring it up because it's still a sad moment. But um, oh, Thomas, slow death. It it you can get crushed. Like you can get asphyxiated. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I forgot about yeah Anton Yelchin too. Yeah. All right. I'm going to cut that. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Ever, <laughs> um, I've seen this movie a ton of times and I seem to constantly forget how brutal the hospital death scene is without really showing you anything. But it's like, oh, yeah, it's real gross. I have a note about yeah. that, too. Like, um, Shit, I don't even remember what I maybe I had it, but I lost it. But yeah, he like gets his face caved in. It's really fucking gross. Yeah, it's like two fingers in the eyes that just keep pushing in until the whole face shatters. And it's it doesn't show a lot, which I think is what makes it work, is that your like mind is kind of telling you what's happening, and that's always worse. But yeah, that that's a that's a pretty brutal death scene. Um and then that guy's daughter shows up. And she wastes no time just banging Tom Atkins. <laughs> like, well, that's from from the little poem I wrote. That's why I'm saying this is a really, very much so a fantasy film for for Mr. Carpenter here because it's like this old drunk doctor man who has no right pulling the amount of poon that he does in this movie is just getting it left, right, and center, man. There's actually a great line that that uh, that he says and is like, um, oh shit. Man, I, I haven't even, like... Well, the best part is, like, that he's, like, a shitty absent father, just like every, every man in the 80s, apparently. And um, he's, like... Uh, <laughs> the, he comes home to see his kids, and this is early on, and his immediately his, his wife, or estranged wife, or ex-wife, whatever the fuck she is, she just starts just ripping into him. She's like, 
because he, uh, he brings them these not silver shamrock uh, Halloween masks, and she's like, "Yeah, nice try, you piece of shit. No wonder you're <laughs> fucking. We're fucking separated. You're married to your job. I mean, it's like the Monster Squad, but at a hundred miles per hour. It, well, it's un- unnecessary. So here's the thing, because um, I wrote this down. Like, can you imagine a more boring Halloween? than one in which every child in America is wearing one of the same three masks. Yeah, I, well, I, I think that that is supposed to be some sort of reference to rampant consumerism, but it just doesn't really... I don't know. I, I'd like yeah, to, to harken back to October of, I think it was either 2008 or 2009, where 98% of the populace was dressed as Heath Ledger's Joker from The Dark Knight. <laughs> Yeah, and it was the most boring Halloween. Friday <laughs> like, um, is the spice of life when it comes to Halloween costumes. FYI, everybody. Yes, yes. We're getting this out just in time for you to change your Halloween costume. So, you know, like if you're sitting there and you're thinking that you're being really, really creative with your super topical it costume that you're going to wear this year. <laughs> like, Listen, if you're going to do it, you need to go all out. Like there is just no way to half-ass that costume because it's half your face should be just teeth with yeah. a giant built-on fictional half of your head on the back. Put, of you. put three flashlights at the back of your throat so that every time you speak, <laughs> <laughs> people can get sucked in your deadlights. Honestly, that's the only way you're going to get laid dressed up as Pennywise is if you put people in the deadlights. Um, so we get, uh, as, as the oh, show oh, is, oh, oh. wait, oh, I'm sorry. I, we got so, so out of, um, off on a tangent there, but there's the part when, when, um, what's his face? Uh, they're sitting in this, this hotel room and, um, she's like, he's like, I can sleep on the floor. And she's like, is that what you want? Or something like, do you fi- not find me attractive? He's like, that's a really fucking stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's a, there's a scene. So I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump ahead for a couple seconds and then we're going to jump back to this scene later because there's a scene that needs to be discussed in which a woman's face gets like just blown off by a laser blast that, oh, I love that part. like, there's a lot of things to talk about there, but it's important to remember in this scene that Tom Atkins and this girl's entire point of being in this town is to investigate why her father's dead. And they hear this woman die, and the girl asks, what was that? And Tom Atkins says, who cares? (laughs) You, motherfucker! (laughs) You would be the person who cares! It's what you're here for! (laughs) No, he's he's here to get drunk and smash pussy, and he's all in alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah because the uh the the so here's a weird thing about this film they they go to what's the name of the town um don't caresville don't caresville okay uh, <laughs> don't caresville to smash puss and uh there's a curfew but the curfew is like 6 p.m and then you see people walking around at like 9 p.m. and and there are still stores open where you can buy like a 40 it doesn't make any sense to me well 
Yeah, it's it's that same town from The Curse 2 where that little girl's bedtime was like 2 in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> but so Tom, we, Tom so Atkinson quick, definitely has a snake in his pants for this girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's there's a there's some nice head trauma that happens in this movie where you know here at horror movie night we love a good decapitation it's like every uh, every death is head trauma it's all little kids heads melting and fucking ladies getting exploded with lasers and shit it's dope but but i'm referring specifically to the two hands on a dude's head and just ripping it straight off like it's nobody's business well so so we haven't had a movie with this much head trauma in a long time and I'm not going to lie to you guys. I, I think that that's one of this movie's selling points because it's not a great film. Like, it's it's very entertaining. It's not like I ignore the fact that it's John Carpenter because he's so hit or miss. And we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. But uh, the, the the best part about this film is that it feels like it's Halloween. Like, it it feels like the 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 experience of being a kid on Halloween, at least for me. Um, and I'm not that old that I would have been old enough to have a silver shamrock uh, mask in like 83 when this movie came out. I think it was 83. But, you know, like beyond how it feels like Halloween, there – okay, so let's let's count it up. One guy gets his face caved in, so that counts as head trauma. A woman gets her face melted. Also, that is still really gross. I, I mean it's it's a great effect. Yeah, um, and I do want to talk about that. In like, just a minute. Because they have like a prosthetic tongue or something that's just like oh. – Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. But then we've got um, a robot head decapitation, right? And then uh, – two robot head decapitations because there's the one at the end. And, and and then random kids having their heads melt. I mean it's it's up there with, with – wax work as far as, as head trauma go yeah and it's important to note this this is produced and i believe written by john carpenter but not directed uh it was directed by tommy lee wallace who really only did a handful of other films he did the fright night part two <laughs> and he did the it miniseries oh well topical as fuck right there yeah <laughs> um and that's really like it's a lot of TV in his credits. Not too many movies. This was his first ever film, which, all things considered, not a bad first ever movie, but definitely not uh, not a, not a great first ever movie either. It's just um, unfairly maligned because of the whole Halloween thing, and and because it's kind of a shitty movie a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's a fun movie, not necessarily a good movie. Yeah, it's a selling point. You know yeah. that it's kind of cheesy. It's it's a good it's a good group watch. I mean, I watch it alone, obviously, because you know, I I, I watch movies alone for horror movie night. But um, I think just just in general that you're right that a lot of people dislike this movie because it didn't have Michael Myers in it. And I'm gonna be honest with you that I also felt that way when I first saw it in junior high or high school. But it's it stands on its own as like a an entertaining Halloween film, not necessarily the Halloween series, but I could have totally gotten down with every year in the eighties, a new Halloween coming out and having it not be Michael Myers, you know, cause that was the original plan. Yeah. I don't know. It kind of would have been fun to, to go to that universe where, you know, Baron Stain bears isn't a thing. And <laughs> a Halloween franchise every year from 1983 until 1993. 
So I, I do want to talk for a real quick second about one other thing with the woman getting her face blasted, which is like – Wait, which, which, which one? The young one or the old one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the old one. Um, she finds this like metal medallion and I don't want to say that any of the deaths were justified, but like this woman's just like fucking – just a junior electrician here, just like broken and prodding at an electrical thing with a with a hairpin, not expecting something terrible to possibly happen. Like she could have survived. She could have lived to see the end of this movie if she just did like I don't know. You ever find some piece of random metal like looks like clearly an electronic thing and just are like, I'm gonna grab a nail and just start fucking with it and see what happens. Um Yeah. That, okay, so so let's let's give Tommy Lee Wallace like that's the director's name, right? Yeah. Let's give him a little bit of leeway here because one hundred percent the 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 shortcomings of this film are in the writing, and that's John Carpenter. Like that's yeah, John it was Carpenter. him and John Carpenter together on this one. But like John Carpenter wrote it like oh let's have her have the back of have the uh silver shamrock um tab fall off of this one that she has and let let her dick around with it until it melts her face off i mean i don't want the version of halloween 3 where we don't get to see her get a laser blast to the face and then be like a, a charred face corpse but really writing wise it's garbage you know it like oh, this whole movie i have all of, pretty much all of my notes are just my problems with the the exposition and explanation for why stuff happens like it does. So first of all, we have this um, this town in California, uh, I guess, where um, it's predominantly Irish. Like Cochrane <laughs> is this Irish immigrant who has this like gung ho. Um, business that he's been working on for like let's just say 10 years let's say they've been planning this for 10 years which is cool I like it um, but they say so So the writing is so garbage in that they say that it's predominantly Irish and yet they're bringing standing stones from fucking Stonehenge you know where Stonehenge is? it's not in Ireland it's in England and then Cochrane has a British accent he needed to have an Irish accent if you're going to – I mean it's just the stupidest thing. Why why Ireland? Why not just England? Like is it because Celts were like the, the Gaelic, Celtic, Germanic tribes were more based in like Ireland than England? I don't know. It's just – Stonehenge is in England. Just – Fucking have him. Well, because because old Johnny Carpet here has two ideas in his head as to what makes Irish people, and it's shamrocks and apparently Stonehenge, and he never bothered to fucking figure <laughs> out what, if one of those actually had nothing to fucking do with Ireland or not. But like, so couldn't we, like, just logically? And I know that this is just a stupid thought experiment because this movie is older than. Well, it's older than you, Adam. Uh, so couldn't we just have had them fib that Silver Shamrock is 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 English? Like, don't shamrocks grow in fucking England? <laughs> it, I don't know. The writing in this really is the the largest 
issue that that you're ever going to have with it. And I well, I watched this video the other day, and it was all about um, the guys from South Park, like Matt and Trey, and their their writing style. And and they always said like you want your story wants to have like a couple of beats to it, right? And if in between those beats the words and then fit in there, then your writing is shit, and you need to rewrite it. You want to have a lot of buts and a lot of therefores. Like, this happens, and so therefore, this person has this reaction and does this. But this is an issue and blah, 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 right? But if it's just the lady gets a pin from Silver Samrock, and then she decides to pick at it, and then they go to this town, and then there's pagan witches. Like, it, your writing's garbage, and you should stop and think about what you're fucking doing. <laughs> I love it. That's it's That's one of the most profound things that we'll ever talk about on horror movie night. And it's not even our idea. <laughs> um, so there's one other death that needs to be talked about. It's probably the death that most people remember because I'm pretty sure all of the photos on the back of the VHS tape were just screenshots from the same death. Uh, but it's the death of the little boy in the pumpkin mask. Uh, when snakes and bugs just explode out of his face uh, as he listens to the London Bridges song. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love that we actually get to see a pretty grotesque and gooey violent, like child death in this. You know, like um, they didn't shy away from it, which is cool because, like, the 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 central tenet of this is that these this warlock Cochrane has spent his life and fortune basically building a reputation so that he will have the most popular Halloween masks and then they'll kill every child in America. Awesome. Just like the fact that you get that payoff with a kid dying. And then it's, I I never really liked the fact that it would, that the snakes and scorpions and spiders and stuff like that would go and kill the parents because that just is kind of goofy. But um, it could have been enough. To have all the kids die and then have all the grown Oh, it turns out that John, John Carpenter knows three things about Ireland, and the third one is the Pied Piper myth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there we go. Um, but really, I, I, I mean, the problem, the problem with this movie that I have beyond you know the obvious uh, screenplay issues is that there's also, as much as there's moments that are really fun, there's like long drawn out periods where I'm just kind of staring at the clock waiting for us to get to the end of the movie. Uh, and a lot of that happened shortly after that child death because it's pretty much oh, just all the expositions afterwards. That's yeah, right. <laughs> it's just it, like, it's just in-depth investigation conversations for the next 20 minutes. Um, I don't really have that much more to say about this. Do you I guys have, have anything a ton, but did John Carpenter have an alcohol problem in the 80s? Because this movie feels like a desperate cry for help. I think anybody <laughs> who was writing horror had an alcohol problem in the 80s. He's just, like, Tom Atkinson is um, such an alcoholic. He's always got, like, alcohol with him everywhere he goes. He fucking, he stopped the movie to go to a liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> well, so... And he's a doctor, right? Uh, yeah, he is a doctor, yeah. Like, isn't, isn't he a doctor in this movie? Like, who, who wants a drunk doctor operating on them? Like, uh, that, of all the absurd things that this movie crams down your throat, I think that's the most egregious one, is, like, this drunk asshole is a doctor and a good one. Also, he, like, at the beginning, when they're, uh, 
when when they're he and the like the black nurse are kind of just hanging out in the the hospital he like smacks her ass like that that is you would go to jail he just he grabs the nurse's ass and, and then she's like i'm more woman than you could handle or something like that and i'm like okay listen i get the sassy like strong black woman reference you're trying to make here but it just has not aged well i, I think this was a trope at one time the like one, the, like, a doctor who, like, you know, at the end of the day is like, oh, fuck, lost another one, and pours himself a real stiff drink. And then, two, the doctor, <laughs> like, the doctor is being all like, we work hard, and we play hard. <laughs> Fucking grab acid with each other. <laughs> <laughs> what I want to see is I want to see a pastiche movie where it's it's that trope about, like, you know, basically er but in the 70s but it's just doctors playing grab ass with each other and no nurses involved oh yeah <laughs> or they're like yeah like you know have john ham and and uh johnny depp in it and they just are playing you know hand stuff all day long while they're doing and johnny depp has a twin brother <laughs> played by michael showalter <laughs> oh my god this is doing it for me <laughs> um okay so there a couple Things that I wanted to mention about this, uh, I love the intro to this movie, and the synth music is great. It's a great. Um, I mean, John Carpenter had to have written it, and if he didn't write it, then whoever did basically copped the Halloween one and two soundtracks hard. But it's real cool and synthy, and um, I forget that this has a good synthwave synthwave esque soundtrack to it. So it's good stuff. But. Um, uh, Two two other things. Um, the the uh, the robot man in black. The first one um, <clears throat> was he. Did, I mean, and this might be stretching it, but he looks a lot like one of the morticians in Phantasm Two. The one that gets that the um, I think it was the gold orb that goes through his back and then up through his chest and gets stuck in his throat. Yeah, I don't think yeah, it's, 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 it's if, if you're looking at me for answers, you're on your own. Because if you remember correctly, I was on a whole lot of Sudafed when I watched that movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and my last thing is that uh, uh, on the TV, I think that I think that he's in the the doctor's in the in a bar. It's when he's meeting the the daughter of the the guy who's went missing. Um, and he, there. It's back when bars didn't play sports twenty four seven, and so it's like three days till Halloween, and so it's, uh, the st- TV starts blaring the immortal classic Halloween, and I'm like, that movie was only four years before this movie. It's not an immortal classic. That's like somebody saying, I, I don't know, like shit. It follows the immortal classic. Tons of assholes are saying that though. 2018. Yeah, no, I was gonna say a uh, lot of people are saying that. I I would be well, okay. It's one thing for some asshole on the internet to say it. It's another thing for the fucking guy who to put it in his next movie. In his yeah, yeah, that's a real dick move, John Carpenter. Um, I don't disagree. But the only thing I could think of was like, I guess there wasn't because when you think about it, there wasn't a ton of horror movies that actually took place on Halloween before Halloween. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Hey guys, it's Tony from the Underappreciated Movie Podcast. Me and my three friends, Carly, John, and Elaine, pick movies we think deserve a second chance. My genre is horror, so give us a listen. Underappreciated Movie Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are found. All right, so what did you guys watch this? Uh, I'll go first. Um, So I didn't mean to dovetail it so well, but um, I watched The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Which uh, after uh, I'd been saving it <clears throat> until we got closer to to the Halloween season, so that I could uh, appreciate it. Because Matt, you had said that it was a really good modern movie, and um, I liked it a lot. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen it and doesn't want the the, the twist or, or like the answer to the question that's posed at the beginning of it, um, just Tap that skip button for like 20 minutes for a couple seconds. Yeah, like 30 seconds max. But um, I really liked I, – I love witch movies. So um, when it's – when it the whole thing is that she's a witch is is exposed. Um, I, I really like it. I think that it was very cool and subdued. I loved the special effects because they were all practical except for the fire. There was CGI fire. And I thought that that was unnecessary. Um, I also think that that the reanimated corpses were a bit unnecessary. I think that that I understand that that was like what's real, what's not kind of thing. But um, I, I thought that that I could have done without zombies because they're not really zombies, but they're kind of zombies. Yeah, I, I mean, the could... flip side is I like the um, I like the... the sound design is what you were talking about, yeah. and I I get that the the whole point is that their toes ding. Yeah, I get well, that. I was gonna say it gives it reminds me of like the same thing that I like with Jaws, where you know instead of showing the shark, you show these yellow barrels, and then without having to spend all this time on a on a giant practical effect, you can send that same chilling fear to somebody by just using a visual or musical cue. So I like that yeah. idea of like you don't have to get an actor and dress him all up in zombie makeup; you just have this bell ringing, and you know that it's coming closer. Right, I just think that it was it was a bit much that there were multiple corpses. Um, it, it would have made more sense if there was just one, or if they would have put the bell on her, and there would have never been anybody moving. You know, like yeah. I just that's my only that's my only problem with it. I think that the movie was great. Um, I think that the acting was really fun, um, really well done. Uh, I, I'm a sucker for any witch movie. Like it's just it's it's right up there with werewolves. Uh, but 
um, I, the only character that I really disliked was the girlfriend. I don't yeah. know if it was because she was written annoying or if she is just a shit actress, but if she wouldn't have even been in the movie, I feel like this movie would be like a 9.5 out of 10. It's like, I'd say it's an 8.5 to a 9 out of 10. For a modern movie, it's really good. Yeah. It's very good. I, I think that it does a lot. I, I'm a big sucker for like all in one night, all in one location type movies as well, which I think that Anatomy of Jane, Jane Doe does a really good job with. I, yeah, and I and the last thing I'll say is I I I've found that with the last like 5 years or so of this whole concept of like um global catastrophe in horror um where it's like okay, we have to stop this thing that can kill everybody. I really much prefer I mean, and that's not that's not a new concept. I'm just saying it it seems like it was it kind of was popular recently with more modern like the popular modern horror movies. And um, it's also what I really liked about It, is that it, it, like Pennywise is very small, small. He's going to kill a few people. In dairy and dairy only. Like you're, it's it's very localized. Proximity. I like localized horror. Yeah, I like the fact that it's like these good these people are in a terrible situation, not for anything that they have done. And it's not like they have to stop this evil from killing the entire planet. It's like their personal crisis. And I like that because it's, it, it just feels more immediate. And I like that a lot about that kind of horror. All right. Um, I'm going to go next. I rewatched a movie that I hadn't seen in a couple of years and it just keeps getting better. Every time I watch it, um, drop dead gorgeous from I think 1999 uh, Sounds about right. And it's I, I watched it the first time I rewatched. It, I saw it in theaters as a kid and I didn't know how I felt about it. Um, but I was looking up. You saw that in theaters? Yeah, I saw it when it came out in theaters. Yeah, I was in like wow. junior high. Uh, I was I always thought about the movie because I felt like it was such a weird tone for a film in general. Uh, and then I realized that it's. Uh, written and directed by one of the members of the state. And it suddenly all clicked in my head that it feels like something from the state. <laughs> uh, just slightly more mainstream. Wait, what's the, state? the state is uh, the Wet Hot American Summer guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of yeah. sense then. It's, it's one of the lesser known guys. Like the, the group of the state was 10 people that had this sketch comedy show on MTV uh, that was supposed to be like the rival to Saturday Night Live. But like MTV made one fatal flaw, which was that they gave them complete creative control of everything. So they didn't do anything normal, like all their skits. Like if you think of Wet Hot American Summer, just imagine like a a 30 minute sketch comedy show that's just that like anarchaic comedy, just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. But what was cool about the state versus SNL for me was like those 10 people were everything like they directed, they wrote, they edited and they starred all by themselves. Like it was just a group of college friends. So certain ones wanted to do more acting. Certain ones wanted to do more directing. Other ones wanted to do more writing. Um, so the, the, the guy who did Drop Dead Gorgeous was primarily just did the directing and writing on the state. And would be like a background character when needed. Uh, so that's why he's not really as well known as any of the other guys. But he has a pretty decent like television career. Like if you look at his credits, he does a lot of probably the 
the more well-respected comedies. He did like episodes of Community and the Goldbergs and Children's Hospital. And he uh, did the show that's on Netflix, Atypical, that people are talking about a lot. Um, So he's always done like kind of demented comedy. Uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous is just really fucking funny. Like, but, but in like a, not like a laugh out loud way, but more in just like a, that was kind of smart kind of way, if that makes sense. So are you, are you recommending it? Oh yeah, very much so. If you've never seen Drop Dead Gorgeous, you should absolutely watch it. Uh, quick synopsis of it is it is a, about a, um, beauty pageant where, all of the competitors keep dying from strange things. Uh, and a doc- it's a mockumentary. So it's a documentary crew following the girls in this pageant. And there's a lot of big names in it for such a bizarre, dark comedy, uh, like Christy Alley. Kier- it was one of Kirsten Dunst's first movies. It's Amy Adams' first movie. Um, uh, Bridget, uh, Brittany Murphy's in it. Uh, and Denise Richards. And then a bunch of other, like, up and coming like small comics. Thomas Lennon is the head of the documentary crew and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it's just fun in like a really weird, wacky comedy kind of way. And the deaths are really gross and brutal. Like, especially for a PG 13 movie, like they don't shy away from really showing you some gross shit when people die. <laughs> uh, and that's all I've got. Adam, take us home with whatever trashy television you've been watching. <laughs> I didn't really watch anything. Silver Shamrock. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was Halloween 3 Season of the Witch from 1982 is picked by Adam. Uh, we are going to be doing a special Halloween episode after this uh, and also a bonus episode. So you've got a couple episodes on the horizon, y'all. So look forward to that. Uh, we're very excited to be dropping those episodes for all of yous. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've got nothing else to say except for check out HMNpodcast.com. It's got links to all of the different stuff that we have at your touch, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon accounts. Uh, I don't think we have the YouTube page hooked up to there, but we don't really utilize it that much. Anyway, uh, SoundCloud, all that good jazz. You can send us emails from there, or you can email us at HMNpodcast at gmail.com. Stay in touch. We're very excited. Happy Halloween. And we'll be saying that again next week too, but still happy Halloween, everybody. Now that's the show. Now turn it off. Turn it off.
Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 